welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And we're talking about episode five of <laughs> Boba Fett, which is actually really just <laughs> a episode of a show that you already know. And I guess that also means that you won't get that show for a while. Big Mike, how do you feel? Well, I guess how you feel, but uh, <laughs> explain your feelings about this episode of Boba Fett. I made that guess literally. I hit play. And I think I got up to the, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And immediately hit rewind and was like, wait, wait a minute, back up. <laughs> I hadn't even got to the fight part yet. Because I was just like, they really got Din Djarin on here. We really just going there. And then the fight starts. A whole other question that people had after the season Van Lorian ended. And I was like, damn, I thought it was a Boba Fett show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was straight up hardcore an episode. At some point, I forgot what I was watching. <laughs> yeah, credits roll. And then... It was still on Den's iron, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, well, maybe it's just this whole, I guess, journey to Tatooine and then link up with Boba Fett. But I didn't think it was going to end up being an entire episode. Yeah. Just strictly focused on him to where it was, he said, basically like a Mandalorian episode thrown into the Boba Fett season. Yeah, because now I understand why you said it was supposed to be seven. I'm like, I mean, generally yeah. most of those is always going to be six, maybe 10, 12. Yeah, that seems odd, but now I understand why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said to myself, I said, okay, that explains the seven episodes now. Uh, the episode was really well done. I think I sent a message and I said, man, shout out to Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, yeah, I am fully on board with her doing a Star Wars film. I think she yeah. shoots action well. And like, even though it was kind of minimal fight scenes, the choreography of it was good. So I was talking on the beat when we were talking about that first shot after the opening credits. You see that space station and whatnot. Number one, visually, it was amazing. Two, the same thing we've said a couple times during The Mandalorian is like, this feels like Star Wars. It feels like a Star Wars universe. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm excited about with this episode. I saw a lot of people online kind of complaining. And I did have the same thought that it's kind of messed up that the best episode of Boba Fett does not have Boba Fett anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. it is a Mandalorian episode. <laughs> Damn, that's kind of harsh, but I said, but, right, it serves a couple purposes of, it answers some questions that you had after Mandalorian season ended. I think it solidifies the fact that you're not going to get that next season until 2023, like they said, but it whets your appetite enough to where you tie it over until then. Because the way the episode ended made it seem like he, maybe he might not be back in the next episode. Yeah, and that was the other thing I told Finnick, it was on the house. Which I was like, okay, that's cool, because Boba Fett helped him throughout season two. I would assume it's going to lead to bigger and better things down the line. But he said, I need to go see somebody first. I'm like, all right, well, damn. So now is he leaving, and we're not going to get him anymore in, this, in the season? Or is it going to end up being he's gone, we get episode six, and then he shows back up at episode seven? There's a whole bunch of different ways they can go with it. And it's funny, because like I said, we're talking about the show, and I feel like, it's almost a disservice that it's Book of Boba Fett, and I literally have nothing I can say about Boba Fett. It really doesn't even appear in this episode other than the promo for yeah. the, the previous the recap, episode. That's it. Cool how they were doing it because even when Din Djarin goes back, you see the armor is still around. I think his name is Paz Vizsla. Yeah. He was there. He healed him up. And then he's talking to the armor about the Darksaber. You find out more 
information about that. And then she explains to him the reason why he's having such a hard time with it. Because during the fight scene, he cuts his own leg. He's still in the process of learning, but you see that he still has it. And then he automatically gets challenged for it, and he still comes out on top of that. So he still has the saber. So yeah, I think the biggest thing that I am about this episode, or what I was really excited for and I told this to Deep is, Favreau and Filoni almost took an MCU-type approach where I think the entire purpose of this episode give you the continuity that they're building an actual Star Wars universe. Past just the Skywalker stuff, Darth Vader and all that. You're getting other people and they're going to start intertwining within each episode because it makes perfect sense, right? That when he came across, uh, what was it, Amy Sedaris' character? I can't remember the name right now. She was on Tatooine. So if mm. both Fett's on Tatooine, they should at some point cross paths or interact. So you're building this now, this continuity across all these shows with all these characters, which ultimately will lead to a much better turnaround when you do another Star Wars movie. Because you shouldn't have people like Ryan Johnson or whoever just coming in and willy-nilly doing whatever because they just decided, oh, that's just the direction we're going to go. No, take what's already been established. Characters that are there, expand the universe, everything. You got the cartoon series and all those things. And actually bring them full-fledged, live action, and tie all this stuff together. And you will accomplish everything that you were unable to accomplish before. Matt. The direction of the actual episode was a lot different than the others. It wasn't until I actually went on the internet to see it was done by someone totally different. Again, Bryce Ellis Howard had done a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. I think first season and second season. But none of Boba Fett until this point, is that correct? Well, she showed up as being doing an episode of Boba Fett, mainly probably because of this one. So not really, but... The extra was good, and Mike uh, made a great point. They're building a universe and the intertwining of characters that you're going to see, and we hope that it just doesn't extend only to the Disney Plus series, but hopefully into the movies. We already saw what was it, Sanka? Uh, Shokatana, yeah. Saw her, and then mentions of... Was it General Thrawn? And then the person who was chasing him mentions of them. Yeah, and I would say that's kind of how this episode felt. So like that Ahsoka Tana episode where it was just like, it basically takes over and then a character you know just kind of shows up in it towards the end. I mean, not to say that was the Mandalorian, but it was really her episode, the set of her show. The first couple episodes of Boba Fett, I was just like, eh. Okay, you have the Power Ranger there with the robotic arms and limbs. I was like, oh, Lord, really? Is this what we have? This is rather ho-hum, but restored the face a little bit, so hopefully the next couple episodes are good. Lord knows there's not going to be anything else on TV for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'd like this episode, but still, at some point, it needs to be a Boba Fett show. Pacing of the first four episodes has been hit or miss. It started off well... Second episode was a continuation. Too many flashbacks in the third episode. And then the fourth episode still has some more flashbacks, but it's like, yeah, this is where I would like to get to. And then you have this episode, which is more offbeat. But again, this is a show that you know. Knew this was a Mandalorian episode, like solely the Mandalorian episode. I knew I was getting. I'm still wondering for episodes six and seven, because now Din Djarin is basically just like, I don't know if he's going to be in the next episode. Maybe the other Mandalorians. I think I mentioned to Mike, ones that help him get better and then train him. They started putting out that doctrine. Do you take your helmet off? If you do take it off, you're not 
considered it to be a real Mandalorian and he needed to repent. And I think I had made that mission to him. So it was like, are they going to help Boba Fett? Probably not. Because they seem to be the stern, strict Mandalorians. As opposed to the the other Mandalorians living on Mandalore, which they just kind of now are just doing their own thing. So, Keith, how do you feel about this episode? Right direction. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how. It's unfortunately kind of telling that best episode is the one without Boba Fett in it. it kind of showed me that whatever magic the Mandalorian has, it doesn't translate over to Boba Fett. I like that. Picked up right from there. Didn't try to go over explanation. One of the biggest things I noticed was 45 minutes runtime, I think it was. Maybe 45, close to 50, I think, runtime. It gave more Star Wars lore than three movies of sequel trilogy. The lightsaber has a weight to it. You never really talk about the practical side of how would a recoil on a blaster, like stuff like that, like with the inertia is like in the Starfighters. Little stuff like that is obviously telling, but a blade made out of light, but playing as a kid, fighting with lightsabers and stuff and using... Empty tube of Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> exactly. You're kind of using that and then think, well, the blade doesn't have any weight to it. And then it pops in, according to the Mandalorian, the lightsaber does have weight to it. Definitely a certain amount of training into it. For that moment, you're kind of like, okay, so this is why normal people don't use lightsabers. All right. Obviously, they're fucking tricky as shit. First two minutes of using a dark saber, damn, it cuts his leg off. Right? This is why no one uses that stuff except for Jedi and Sith, because you're liable to kill yourself just as well as utilize it effectively. But it was good to see Din Djarin again, references to him going back to Grogu and going to see him again, including him admitting that he took off his helmet at some point and losing his place among the Mandalorians. And But at the same time, given a way to redeem himself, I'm excited again for to see further episodes of Boba Fett. I'm going to play the waiting game with Jon Favreau and just let him tell his story. Even though it's not going at a pace that I would like, I'm not going to critique him to tell a story. You never know. It could be the last episode that wraps it up with Boba Fett that might seal the whole deal and change my whole mind about the entire show. We know um, that you didn't like the pacing of the first couple of episodes. So what didn't you like about that? It wasn't so much a reintroduction of the character. It was you reintroduced him and then you broke him down, took away the armor, took away his weapons, made him a fish out of water with the Tuscans to have him kind of build himself back up. I was willing to play along with that. But when you have him just stumbling his way along, when he's at the boss type of things, like I can see him being an aging bounty hunter who's sick, half sick, half dead from his time in the Sarlacc pit. He's not moving as well as he used to be. He's not in his prime anymore. He's making smart moves. He's got Fennec Shan as his muscle instead of him running around doing all the muscle stuff. I would have appreciated him just being the guy in the armor, sitting on Jabba's throne, calling the shots, and having Fennec Shan handle the action scenes. But to kind of see him stumbling along, it's just kind of disheartening. What the heck is going on? I think the episode prior to this one where it showed him getting his ship Slay One back, he was just inept as hell with the whole thing. can't say that word, Joe. I'm sorry. Well, which one? <laughs> Slave, what one. Slave One? What's the name of the ship? Mike, what's the name of the ship? Uh, I forget. I want to say it's like Alpha something now. They've completely changed it. So when did that, that happen? You can't say slave. Oh. Slave anything automatically refers to American slavery. That's racist, Keith. Don't say that. Oh, my God. Seriously? Like, okay. You're okay. offending me. Force indentured ship number one all right uh, how about that all right beep that from that. <laughs> anyway boba fett's ship 
he gets it back, but it's Fennec Shand who's the one handling the attitude, but he's kind of bumbling and stumbling along, and you're like... I would just say he's heck? just not efficient. I think that... Not at all. If you're going to make a show about a crime boss, you want that crime boss to be smart. I would uh, say if the Kingpin in Daredevil reacted the same way that Boba Fett does. Right. That would make his character less than what it is. I mean, even though it's a totally different style of character, I just think that if you do that, poorly execute it. So, I mean, again, my problem with the show is just a lot of flashbacks. And I guess you have to at some point just because the character doesn't really have a lot of backstory. I mean, Mike and I talked about it. Basically, he just shows up maybe four or five times in between the first two movies, and that's it. <laughs> but he's the most beloved character probably other than the Jedi's and Darth Vader. If they wanted to make his character more cerebral, actually, I thought that was how they were going to do it, like make him more the slow and steady aging warrior type, just slow, methodical, using his head more than his muscle and having the younger kids be his muscle form just kind of fill the void and him trying to get a hold of Jabba's kingdom and running it his way that would have been interesting you've got this where it's deconstruction of the character and they introduce newer elements into it I don't even know what the end game is to kind of deconstruct well Mike you have any comments about that it hasn't bothered me as much only because I keep harking back to the recovery tank and the fact that they keep letting you know that he's not one percent he's pretty damaged from everything that he had gone through. Like I saw some people online complaining about it and I thought to myself, I'm like, some of these people talking this shit can't even function in life. So you fight your way out of Sarlacc pit and tell me you come out just total badass 100% <laughs> and you just, you shit. I understand the recovery period part. The thing that I'm on right now is episode four, the last time he got out of the tank, the droid told him you're fully recovered. So as far as I'm concerned, from here on out, yeah, it shouldn't be what it's been. Boba should be Boba. And if he's anything less, then yeah, I'll have an issue. But I'm holding out hope for episode six and seven. I'm 50-50 on this week on whether or not it's going to be great or just eh. But I'm pretty confident the last episode is going to be what it's supposed to be. I got enough faith in him to feel like that's going to be exactly what it should be. It should be war. That's what Boba said he's fitting to do. And him and the bike should show down. And he should have some backup. And we should see what's what. So Keith makes very fair points. I'm not completely disagreeing with him. But I kind of like this to WandaVision. I wasn't feeling that at all. And then by the end of the scene, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. It ain't terrible. So this episode here, this completely got me hyped. Because it gave you implications for this show. And then gave you implications for Mandalorian going forward. And I'm almost to the point I won't be shocked if we get Grogu either this week or the last episode with Dendron because they laid down the foundation when the armor was explaining to him that Jedi have no attachment. And Dendron called him a foundling. Like, hey, I'm going to raise him to be a Mandalorian. And she pointed out the fact that there was one Jedi, Tar Vizsla, who was Jedi and Mandalorian. So Grogu has a path now if he chooses to do both. I don't know, Boba Fett just might be the stepping stool to, like I said, to a whole bigger Star Wars universe going forward to actually get them to the point where they can do an actual solid trilogy and not this bullshit that we got. Because I feel like that's literally what Favreau and Filoni are doing is we're going to lay all this groundwork and then we're really going to hit y'all where it's supposed to be. 
I will agree. And I, despite all my complaints, I've got faith in Filoni and Favreau that they can handle it, especially retain Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, skills. She needs to be given a movie or some more directing roles. She did a good job with this. Yeah. She handled everything spot on perfectly. Direction is very consistent. Her name shows up for whatever show, show Katana, something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can understand that it's going to be something interesting. Yeah, she can tell a story. So she's got a dad talent for telling stories. Well, let's just go to scores. Big Mike, what score would you get? 10? <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly enough, and you would think based on the gift and how hyped I was, I would give it a 10. I actually got it at a 9. I'm not going to be up. I had most of the other ones kind of eight and a half generous like that, and I get hyped about shit like this. But I actually had this one at a nine. One, because there is no Boba Fett in the episode. So, like I said, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I mean, he was in there for uh, like all of five seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all footage from the fourth episode. So, that was a problem. Preserving that 10, because I just have a feeling, especially episode seven, I have a feeling that one's going to be the one where it's like, okay, they finally got it all the way right. And. It's perfection. And they'll have everybody on board to be like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling this, but I kind of want season two now to see what happens with this. But I said, we'll see. I got it at nine. Keith, I did have one question for you. So yes, the fighter that Amy Sedaris' character gave, Den Jarn, that mm-hmm. Padme had built. Yeah. It was in episode one, wasn't it? Yeah, episode one, those are the Neb Starfighters. So... When he did the test run, was he going through the same canyons? That That's what I thought. It is. Yeah, it's well, not only that. It's Beggar's Canyon is the one that Luke referenced. So in episode four, Luke Skywalker referenced uh, when they talked about the trench run. Yeah. Luke talked about he used to fly Beggar's Canyon and shoot Womp Rats, which was that ugly little thing that popped his head up. Yeah. That's where he would go to train. When I text you all, sent y'all the message, I said, fan service done right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely done right. When the Womp Rat popped up, I thought he was going to take a shot at him, but he didn't. And he said he just kind of flew it. I'm like, that's fine. Leave that story for Luke. Which right. is another interesting question. If Den Jarn goes to see Grogu and they actually include that in the season, do we get Luke again? Because he's training with him. Well, hopefully the CGI is better <laughs> this time around. I'm hoping that going to recast Luke Skywalker. Well, they um, did hire that... What the heck is that guy's name? The dude doing the deep fake stuff? Yeah. Holding out that they'll just recast the original cast. And Disney is like, we only want to do stuff in the known original trilogy area. It's that same time frame that they've already established in the movies. If they only want to do anything in that time frame, then they need to get behind recasting the characters. And this is something we've talked about before, about how Marvel's got this problem as well, is that their characters are forever married to the actors. Who yeah. play you cannot have another Iron Man. You can't have another Tony Stark. I'm open to them recasting the role. Joe Mark Hamill will be fine with it as well. I still get the sense he's still salty about what happened to him at uh, the last Jedi. <laughs> he did get screwed. <laughs> Dude just disappeared into like four spirit. <laughs> From all the things he was saying in the interviews, he was just telling the guy, no, this is not going to work. This is not what Stop. a Jedi would say. This is not what this a Jedi would do. Flat told the dude, this is stupid. All right. Well, Matt, what score would you give this episode? I'd give it a nine. I mean, I liked it because it was a change of pace, but I mean, realistically, you can't really call it a Boba Fett episode with him actually in it. It's kind of like Star Wars where they had the last night with Optimus Prime and he literally showed up the last 10 minutes. Nine still propelled the story forward, but he wasn't in it. And Mandalorian has its own 
set of followings, I would have just liked to see this series differentiate itself from Mandalorian, but hopefully the next three is right on task and shows the joining of it, which it should. All right, Keith. Same thing. I agree with Mike and Matt. Boba Fett was in it for like two minutes or whatever. I would have given it a 10, but as it is, Jin Jaren carried it. It was a good episode. Solid Mandalorian episode. Decent Boba Fett episode, but I'll give it a nine. Good stuff. Very pleased with Bryce Dallas Howard. I want to see more of her directing in the Star Wars universe. She's pretty good at it. Writing was good. Enjoyed the Easter eggs and the little callbacks. Excited to see what happens next. Yeah, so I also give it a nine. Again, I forgot that I was watching Boba Fett. I was watching like another episode of Mandalorian. I just forgot about Boba Fett. And that, I guess, is a gift and a curse. Because, obviously, the Mandalorian set the tone for this TV live-action iteration of Star Wars. Coming off the heels of the Rey saga of Star Wars did not leave Star Wars in a very good place. Mandalorian revived that. Second season, Mandalorian revived it again. I mean, it continued on. And it was looking forward the Boba Fett again my issues a lot of it those flashbacks I'm not a flashback person and I think after the first two episodes they should have stopped <laughs> you get like a whole mean not win episode and then you get a whole Mandalorian episode kind of like back to back so mm-hmm. I really hope whatever these next two episodes are bringing they bring the heat it needs to happen fervor of the internet has kind of dictated there's some inconsistencies with the show. So some people like it, some people don't. But it's happening where people are just, what the heck is this? Like, this is not Boba Fett. Well, Boba Fett wouldn't do this. Jamal Morrison saying Boba Fett's talking too much. Hope the show can start honing in things and just bring it back to where it needs to be. So, all right. I think that is Beast Game Podcast.